I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert. I'm Jess McCauley, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... On the Introvert's Guide 2, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show. But even better... Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Hello, listeners. It has been a difficult start to a new year, hasn't it? Between lockdowns, restrictions, the absence of loved ones, the loneliness, even for introverts, it's been felt by so many. Out of all of this, one thing has proven true for both Jess and I. We have a community among you, our faithful listeners. Between the kind and supportive words through the mail, your questions and comments, you make it all worthwhile navigating this uncharted territory. So, thank you, introverts. We're all in this together, even if it's from afar. I felt like I was really getting on my Fraser Crane there. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little Just bit. Just a little bit. I really love that. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm yeah. listening. <laughs> So this is, we're going to address something that came in from a listener in this episode. And in our last episode, we encourage people to, to send us questions. And here's, here's an example of what happens. If you do, we can address your question directly. Uh, this is from Helen. My partner and I are both very introverted. We've been in a happy and healthy relationship for several years. Just over the holidays, my mom told me that she feels like my partner is standoffish. My mom is very extroverted. And when I asked her why she felt like he's standoffish, the reason she gave seemed very much aligned with him being an introvert, not talking a lot, taking some time alone to recharge when we're visiting, etc. I told her this, and that any perceived negativity was unintentional from him. She didn't get it. Any advice for how to bridge the gap between them? What can I do to help my mom feel more comfortable with him without making him change or feeling too uncomfortable? That's really tricky. I mean, you know, for me, I've, I don't want this to sound braggy. I've just, I've never really had an issue with in-laws before, but I've had friends who have, and it really does come down to the social differences. It's the how, or sorry, not social, but how we choose to socialize and how we just are. And 
I gave my friend the, um, the comparison between charging your batteries and, and just stay, you are like a battery. You need to recharge on a wall. Some batteries, you know, some batteries charge differently than others, right? Some are at, at a different speed, but regardless, that charge time is very important and it can vary across the board with other people. And even still, I find that it's, it's can be a tricky concept to wrap our heads around sometimes especially with those that we we want to get close to and those that are going to be a part of our life in some way, right? I, I mean, it can be difficult. Hmm. One of the things that I find interesting about this situation is Helen is an introvert and so is her partner. Mm-hmm. So presumably her mother is okay with this, with, with similar stuff from her, mm-hmm. but not from her partner. Now it may be that she doesn't need that that Helen doesn't need to do it as much as her partner does because she's in a comfortable position. Sometimes we're more comfortable and and we have an easier time navigating family than say our partner does. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you as the partner, you really do want to try to get to know your in-laws. Mm-hmm. You you do want to be present in that way and have that positive relationship. Sometimes it works out. We do hope it, it works out in in the long run. And like you said, Phil, you know, this particular introvert's mother knows her socialize knows her daughter's socializing tendencies. And I'm I'm a little concerned as to why maybe there's a lack of patience in that regard then. I, I mean You know, one of the things that, that has sort of occurred to me is that he may be putting in effort, mm-hmm. effort to seem more outgoing and more like friendly. He may be engaging more than he's actually comfortable with, mm-hmm. which means that he's he's putting out and acting outside of his um, his comfort zone, and it may be imperceptible to her, to the mother, mm-hmm. because. He's do he may be doing his best to try to seem open and friendly and all of that stuff, but it's it takes a lot out of him, and so he needs more uh, um, more frequent rests, recharging, um, being quiet. It's hard to say, but um, sometimes just being around people that we're not comfortable with can make it difficult for us to it can it can really trigger the 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 recharge response you know yeah i I mean a a little bit of compassion needs to be given in that regard to to the newcomer of the circle i know for me that i've had you know previous partners or friends come over who are quieter than i am and my family didn't really know what to make of it my family is you know most of them are introverts but they are rather outgoing but there still needs to be that that understanding there that you know not everyone interacts the way that we do as a family and not everyone feels comfortable entering that arena it's a brand new space for everyone and it sounds like this partner is trying and and it is difficult to just enter in enter into this space and you know getting to know these people that that you really have probably haven't known that long i mean it's how long was this uh this relationship uh 
several yeah. several years. Yeah. Ooh. You know, it's also hard to know, you know, the it, it is it is a very difficult thing coming into uh, a new family. Like for him, for sorry, for the partner, it is a it's very difficult for them uh, to enter into a a family dynamic that is new and that is it it can be since it is unfamiliar even being there is a new experience which which is taking something out of them so where should we begin with like should we should beginning to dole out advice in this regard we can't just say you know well you know it sounds like as though your your family needs to be a little bit more um open to this introvert. So talk to them. I, I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like it goes beyond that. Is there something else we can say that maybe can be proactive, but also encourage empathy on both on both sides? Yeah, this is a really tough one because it's going to take the the difficulty here is that the issue cannot be solved by one person. Mm-hmm. The both Helen and her mother have to be able to communicate in such a way that, and, and, and Helen's mother has to be willing to hear what she's saying. And it, so far it, it sounds like she's not willing to, to accept that an introvert in a new situation can be uh, uh, what might be what she perceives as standoffish. Yeah. You know, I know for me personally, when my, when I brought home Steve to meet the family, one thing I knew that was important amongst my family was that this person who was going to be coming in could build a relationship. You know, my family and I are very close and we, my sister and I always knew we wanted partners that we could bring home and they would be as if one of the family. And that might be something that's really important to Helen's mother, but I think Helen's mother still could see that that relationship is possible. It just may not be one that you thought it may not be the one you had in mind. It just takes a little bit more navigation. It takes more patience. And that, and that goes for both Helen and Helen's partner. It, it is going to take some patience. You know, this is going to be a learning curve. Not a lot of folks, I, I hate to say it, a lot of folks don't really understand the introversion extroversion difference. Mm-hmm. They don't see that spectrum. They see it as a you either talk or you don't and if you don't interact with me that much I get a bad vibe. It's it's not black and white like that. We we know that, but that there takes a lot of patience and it from both parties because it can be so frustrating, but don't give up on it. You know, the other thing that 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 might be exacerbating the situation is that introverts, you know, we tend to be um, a little sensitive and we can, some of us are em- empaths as well as introverts, but we generally are really good, like we've mentioned, at reading people's body language and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it may be very clear to him how Helen's mother feels about him, which means that it takes more effort for him to be there, which means that he needs more time alone and he's more inclined not to talk. It's kind of a vicious circle. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's, 
gets my anxiety going. (laughs) I'm very lucky in the sense that my in-laws are so introverted that if I wanted to go upstairs, you know, when we're visiting, when we were able to visit, um, it it was very comfortable to just say, you know what, I think I just need to go upstairs for a bit, have a nap. and, And that was the end of it. It's a, I don't, I wish that I could say that it's easy. Hmm. I wish that I could say that, you know, oh, just, you know what, go take Helen's mom out for coffee and go and just go get to know her. But when you're with this person for so long, your partner, their family comes along with, with them, whether, whether you like it or not, depending on the degree, of course, it's not all going to be the same, but they're going to be a part of your life. And uh, where do we begin? Yeah, this one's a tough one. I'm going to tell a story that 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 might that isn't specific to this, but it sort of like illustrates how you know it can be difficult with like the parents of partners and things like that. Mm-hmm. I had I had a girlfriend years ago. She grew up on a farm. Now I don't know if you know this about me. Oh, I'm ready for full. I'm ready for more fill. <laughs> but um, I am comfortable in a city situation and not a farm situation. For the same reason that I don't go camping, I'm allergic to pretty much everything. <laughs> but we went to the farm. It was like one of the first times we were there to, to meet the family. And I was, you know, I was putting on the good, you know, trying to do the like, see, I'm, I'm, I can fit in here um, thing. And the, I was invited by the mother to look at the barn, to see the barn. She was very proud of the barn. Now, I had taken allergy medication, and I knew it was a bad idea, but I was also trying to be a stand-up guy, a let's, sure, I can do this kind of guy, and I went out to the barn. <laughs> this was a mistake. Oh, no. This was a mistake because the barn overwhelmed my allergy medication. I was discovered later on after my tour of the barn alone in, a, in, 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 in the bedroom with my eyes swollen and red, my nose running and constantly sneezing and, and wheezing from asthma. So um, I had put myself out further than I should have. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no, were you okay? Yes, I never again went to the barn. <laughs> Ever? No. When excursions no. were taken to the barn, I would go towards the barn, but I would stay a healthy distance because I understood at what point and at what distance I could already sense the straw, hay, mold, <laughs> feathers, everything in the barn. Encroaching on my being. Right. Even though I knew that I probably should not go to the barn, as the new person, 
I really wanted to show that I, I could be, you know, a, a part of the family, the farm family. And I had pushed myself too far. I tell this story because I think a lot of times with an introvert, when we come into a situation like this, we put our best foot forward and we try to be outgoing. We try to go to the barn <laughs> and we put more out than we should. We go into the barn when we know we shouldn't. And it may, and, and of course, after that, we just know that we can't go back to the barn. No, no, there's no going back to the barn. There's no going back to the barn. It is bad. <laughs> but let's say that this was a social social situation. And the first time that I met the family, I was, I, there was a clap and that's not going to come through too well on the, on the, on the audio, but you know, I'm out there. I'm ready to go. I am like a friendly guy. I'm outgoing. I'm making small talk. I'm doing all these things and it is exhausting. And all I'm trying to do is make a good first impression. Now, follow-up question. Yes. Did they ever come to the city? No. No, that's not true. They did once. Okay, okay, okay. So you went to the barn? Yes. They went to the city? Yes. You never went back to the barn, though. I went to the farm. I never went back to the barn. And they never went back to the city, though? No. Okay. <laughs> Those worlds did not... Those they, worlds they did, did not, not... They did not collide. <laughs> uh, but what I'm trying to say is that is that is that when we are attempting to make a good first impression, when we meet our, our, our in-laws, our our partner's family for the first time, we can put more out into the world than is actually within us to give on the regular. Mm -hmm. And that could set up a, an, a, a, an unfair expectation on the part of, say, the mother-in-law, the partner's mother. Mm -hmm. Because the first time they met that we met, you were outgoing and you were friendly and you were, you were talkative. And now you're not. Yeah, that, that can certainly set off some signals. <laughs> the wrong ones. Yeah. Um, you know, and with that being said, is it how important it is for your first impression should absolutely be the most authentic you. Because as you said, yes, you are going to be setting up some sort of relationship in that way. And you need to give the this mother, parent, both either the best fair chance that they can get to be able to connect with you. But you know, it is so hard to be authentic while also <laughs> trying to make a good first impression. Let's be honest there. Wait, what are you scared of like chasing them off or something from a first impression? Yeah. You want to be like, you don't want to be in the situation where they're like, you know what? I know that you kind of like this guy, but God, <laughs> What's up with him? You don't want that. You want to be, you want them to be enthusiastic about you. And I've done this. I've been like, I've gone to the barn. I, yeah, you know, I, I've gone to the proverbial barn, mm -hmm. but I've come out like, you know, showing them how to milk a cow or something. <laughs> I've just, I don't mean to sound bad, but I just, it's just never something I've really thought about, you know? Yeah, I, I think well, I've always had like that, you know, parents always like me sort of feature, which can be, I, hey, you never know, actually, that may come off annoying. 
Maybe it is because I I'm always I'm always going into a situation. I'm always like, oh, I hope they like me <laughs> because nothing can poison a relationship more than when the parents don't like the partner. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so you can put a lot of effort in. I know I have done so. I have had. Um, I have had people come over and my parents have told me, of course, in private that they maybe weren't a fan of this person. Now, mm. in the case of it being a, maybe a miscommunication, you know, you know, you just need to get to know this person. You need to work past it, give them a second chance. I think usually by the third time, if they don't understand it, I actually do start to think about what my parents are thinking and seeing in this person that I'm not seeing. And mm. that alone, like you said, is is detrimental because now yeah. that's that's all I can think about. So I guess that's a fair point. It's the there in this case, it's been several years, as Helen said. What more can can Helen do? The, I, I think one of the things is is if if Helen's partner is very quiet when they get together mm-hmm. with their mother. Um, it might be that there's conversation happening that they don't feel like they can participate in. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to the farm, if they were talking about milk and cows, eggs, all of that stuff, I, there's no way that I could uh, participate, you know? <laughs> like, I am not going to be able to participate in farm talk. I mean, but okay, you're a really good interviewer, though. You would probably, I'm assuming, maybe ask some questions. You would, I mean, you would still show that degree of interest, though. I tried, but. That's still a good effort, though. Still trying. Yes, it is trying. But, you know, there's... I certainly wasn't good at that at first. Because mm. I was trying to put on a good a good show, you know? But um, the... Or is there a common ground that can get a conversation happening mm-hmm. between Helen's partner and Helen's mom? Is there a topic that that we could find that they could find that would get them that get them talking in a a jovial friendly way so that Helen's mom doesn't think that her partner is standoffish and rude. You know, just to give, like, I think we, we, we know this is a tough situation and it's one of the, it's a delicate one. It's one that you, you know, (laughs) I usually jump into these things gung ho, like guns ablaze, and wanted to get to know, like you know, my my family's, or sorry, my part, my well now husband's family. I feel a little inequipped, but is there some sort of I don't, like a slotted time between Helen's family and the partner? and Helen included, of course, to come together in a planned event that Helen and her partner are just in control of. And it could be for a short time. It's a, what do you feel like? How do you feel about a, how about we take them out for the day, just a couple hours, go get some lunch, 
go walk around somewhere and and then we end off the day just to bridge the gap as Helen's looking for is what do you think about that? You know, I think that there's there's a, there's something to be said about that because if if I don't know if if when they go to visit if they're in Helen's childhood home. Mm. There is a certain amount of comfort that 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 Helen has in that place and that her mother has in that place. And there may be lots of history there and there may be lots of stories there and there may be lots of things that 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 are sort of like that are theirs, but they are not Helen's partners. So in that case, it comes down to maybe getting out of that location is what's needed. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like maybe a different change of pace is needed. Like a you know, I'm not saying go and spend the whole day together and, you know, just sit and talk, but it is a maybe you do need a change of scenery, go somewhere together, but you I think Helen and her partner should certainly be in charge of it. So that mm-hmm. way it gives them the sense of a sense of comfort. It's common ground there. And, you know, like you said, it's not at their home. It's out in public. It's a, yeah. there's a social aspect to it now that, that maybe could alleviate some of the tension maybe that's being felt. Yeah. But I know for me, um, one thing that I did that actually really helped my introversion and my social anxiety, I may not have had this problem directly, but I always have an internal issue with just being around people in general. So one thing that I found worked pre-pandemic was my husband invited his family down and we live very close to Niagara Falls. So there's Clifton Hill nearby and being able to take them around and show them all the places we like to eat, uh, all the activities we like to do. That actually gave them a little bit of insight to me and how I interact and it actually allowed them to ask me questions, me ask them. And it just, I think, I think the common ground really helped. That's what is what I'm trying to get at. It's, I, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Okay. And you know, there may be one of the things that, and I don't know if this is the case, but it's possible that if they are in, in Helen's childhood home, that maybe there is some discomfort with showing affection to Helen, to holding hands, to all that stuff. It could be this weird thing. I'm in this childhood home. There, she's got her stuffies in the in the room from when she was a child. There's like it can be a little weird and awkward, and maybe her mother is seeing that as well. That could be it. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that it could be, and we don't have all of the details here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, there, maybe there are ways, is it, if it's possible to invite mom to their place, mm, Yeah, if it's possible to, to bring her, uh, out of the place where she knows or where they go to visit, to visit them. Maybe it's just like, mom, we want to cook you brunch, come and visit us. And we'll we'll cook brunch on a Saturday or Sunday, and and we'll 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 put together a nice spread. Please come, that sort of thing. Getting getting changing the scenery, like you said, and putting putting uh, Helen's mom in their world rather than them going into hers might um, also help. Absolutely, and you know, just I'm not a parent. 
it, it, it's, but it's a, I know for me, I would just want my, to know my child's in a good relationship. I want to know that I can, you know, I have a good relationship with whoever this partner is. And at the end of the day, that might all Helen's mom wants is just to know that she can get along with this person and that it's, hmm. there's nothing that this partner is hiding. Yeah. Um, just something that popped up in my head as well. And this, I'm not, I don't want to assume a situation when we get any sort of advice, Phil and I, and I'm just speaking for both of us here, we're putting together pieces of what you send us, dear listeners. So I know that parents just want the best for their child. There is that, again, there's got to be a little bit of patience there. It, it, give it time. It will happen. Good things will happen. Good changes can be made. But sometimes I think parents, and I know this has been the case for my parents in the past, sometimes a quiet partner can throw them off. It's not an interrogation. It's just a get to know you. And if there's that little bit of a struggle to get to know, that might be that might be difficult. That might be difficult just to wrap their 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 heads around that some people don't like to talk that much and they're they're reserved or they're you know they're they have social anxiety and, and maybe they're really trying hard and it's just the first impression can be really hard to overcome. Um I think allowing your your mom, Helen, into your and your partner's space might be that little bit of an eye-opener that she needs. Mm -hmm. She might need that time to be able to see who you two are as a couple and see how good you two are together. She might really need to see that and then see, as, as I don't mean this to sound, let me figure out the words for a second here. Um, I think she just wants to see who this partner really is to you. And that might open her eyes to your partner and, and that might bridge the gap there as well. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, like we've been saying, it, it, it's, it's difficult for her to see that if you go, if you, if you only go to her, to her place, because mm -hmm. he's never, your partner is never going to be truly themselves in another place. Mm -hmm. Like, but you know, if you have her join you at home, then he could see, she could see how you uh, interact with each other. Um, you could see how well you work together, putting together this meal. Maybe if, if, if uh, Helen's given her partner a heads up about how her mom wants her coffee or her tea or whatever, if there's a particular thing that she likes to have for, for breakfast, all of these sorts of things, this is like little things that can go. And then maybe um, that can help. If she sees how the home that you've put together the to the put together together and, and all of that might go a long way to to seeing that that your that your partner is not the standoffish uh, person that she thinks. I had a little moment where I challenged myself. Now I'm not saying this challenge, you know, it's something you should try. You should only try this if you feel comfortable and you feel that the relationship is there to do this. Um, I wanted to bond with my my sister-in-law. So I I remember it was over the smallest of things. It was over a breakfast food. It was over this casserole. 
And I just remember seeing this new breakfast casserole recipe. And, you know, my sister-in-law makes an incredible breakfast casserole. And I sent her a new recipe on my own, unprompted. And I got to tell you, just that one little text of the one thing we bought, as small as a breakfast casserole, went miles. It, it just, it really helped us, like, just open things up. It was just that small to be able to say, I saw this recipe, I thought of you, and maybe that you would like to try it. I felt a lot more comfortable the next time seeing them and, and seeing the family that it actually helped me again, just talk about a breakfast casserole. <laughs> I was so, it feels so silly now that I look back on it, but I just remember what a triumph it was to be able to send something to somebody I don't really know and wanting to build this relationship. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing. I mean, the thing is that it's these little things that bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a big gesture. Big gestures don't last. It's going to be little things mm-hmm. like that casserole, like, um, you know, understanding if you can figure out what Helen's mom likes and then provide that. Maybe she likes a breakfast casserole and you can find a recipe and send it to her. I came across this, thought you might like it or something like that. These are little things that can go a long way, like you say. Mm-hmm. Oh, and even asking preemptively, if you're going to do that, even asking like, hey, you know, I thought just in lieu of us getting ready for this brunch, can you let me know of any dietary needs? And, you know, even if it's one worded answers, at least that in-law knows that you're thinking about them, that you care. Yeah. It's the little things. It is the little things. On social media, we asked... Sometimes families can be very hard on the introvert from the comments like who look who decided to join us to accusations of being standoffish and more. Have you struggled with getting your family to understand your introversion? What have you done to bridge that gap? And was it successful? Claudia said, I've never really addressed it. I think I probably come across as the miserable get in the corner on occasions, though I am much better than I used to be by doing everything in small doses. Here it is. Small little steps. Small steps. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The next one I I thought was very interesting. Uh, Emily said, so I'm an extrovert in a household of introverts. We actually had a family meeting about socializing a couple years back. I love hosting parties, my partner and kid, not so much. So we each had to articulate what makes a home feel safe and comfortable. They said that they need their home to be a place where they don't have to deal with people. I said that I need my home to be a place where my friends are welcome. It was a good starting point because we were all able to talk about our needs without making each other feel odd or demanding. Wow. That's an articulate home. That's really great. I mean, this is the this is the important thing. If if you have a family where you're you have that mix where you have extroverts and introverts in one family, you've got to find that common ground. Absolutely. You know, since starting this podcast, actually, my family has been really open to talking about it more, which is hmm. definitely a plus. So that's that's great. Um, but there it is. Say what you need mm-hmm. and look at the bonus. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's on both sides. That's for the extrovert and the introvert as the relationship will only work if, if you communicate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It it is truly, it has to be the foundation and just the cornerstone of a healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Not compromise communication. Well, that's the thing is, is you cannot compromise until you've been able to communicate. Yep. Exactly. If, if you're skipping the communication and you're compromising, you're going against how you as a person operate and what makes you unique. You're give, you're not honoring that side of yourself. No. And, 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 you know, some people mistake what compromise means Hmm. for some people compromise is we do what I want and not what you want. That's not a compromise. (laughs) No, no. Compromise is finding the middle ground. Like in Emily's example, they had a very frank conversation about what they need and they found a way to accommodate both. Oh, I love that word. Accommodate. It's a good word. It's a good word. It is. And it's, it's possible in any relationship, even amongst the introverted, extroverted in-laws, it can happen. Did we learn anything? I learned that I'm okay going into barns. I'm just joking. No. I learned that I'm still not okay going into barns. (laughs) No, no, no. I, you know, something I think. (laughs) I just love learning little bits about (laughs) Chafil. Oh, I know. Um, But no, seriously, what I learned, I I think I learned to be, I think I'm reminded of my own in-laws. And I think I'm reminded of my my duty to them that we all may be introverted and I don't chat with them as often as I should. Uh, and that that's not what the focus of this episode was per se. It, it, um, I would say, though, that I am reminded that it is a relationship nonetheless, and it is one I should still nurture, even if even if we don't speak necessarily very often again mm-hmm. introverts it's still important making those accommodations is is something i find we're really strong at but i think it's something we should do more often mm-hmm. i learned that, that 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 finding an accommodation is super important that finding a middle ground especially where a relationship is between an extrovert and an introvert, that that common ground is so necessary. And, you know, however you find that common ground, if you're not able to find it when you are, for example, in your mother-in-law's place, maybe you could find it by bringing your mother-in-law into your place. <laughs>